Uh, All right. Welcome, to... everybody, to the Moden Podcast. We got Blake, Sadie, and Phyllis with us today. And I'm Jordan. Your first one, Phyllis. My first one. <laughs> first decided one. She's here. Yes. Yep. She's not nervous. Very yeah. nervous. Very, very nervous. nervous. But normal. I'm in good company, so it's good. We're excited to have you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So today's episode, we got a great topic to go over. So, Sadie, you want to lead us through what what topic did you have in mind today? Yeah. You know, every now and then you'll have those sessions with clients that uh, just don't leave you. So I had a conversation with a client um, and I just was I've been thinking about it all weekend. And so I thought this was a topic worth discovering um, and exploring a little bit more. So I was talking to a client about our inner thoughts and how we have to really put in a lot of effort to refine those and the inside of us we kind of have this natural man or this um kind of dark side of us that comes out and we want to pretend that we don't like we're above it for some reason when really we're not it's there so the example I was giving was I was driving my daughter to school uh to preschool one day and I was behind this car that was just I their driving was out of control. At least it fell out of control. And I made the comment, I just, in exasperation, I was like, oh, this car's the worst. And I caught myself because I've spent a lot of time doing this kind of exercise, but I caught myself and I was like, okay, what's the real truth in this? And I played around with it and I was like, okay, Sadie took a poll of all the drivers in the world. And it just so happens that you're behind like this Hitler Stalin carpool of like worst drivers you could possibly have. And, you know, it puts it into perspective because you find the ridiculous of like, of course, that's not true. And it finally boils down to like, okay, I just don't like their driving. And it's so freeing to be able to identify what it is that you're really thinking. Um, but my client had made this comment that he was listening to a comedian and all the things that we would say to somebody when we're in our car that we wouldn't say in an elevator. So, you know, we're cussing somebody out and we're telling, I hope you die because they made us swerve a little bit in our car as we're driving. He's like, you would never say that in an elevator. You would never look at somebody and just like, let them have it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got this degree of anonymity when we aren't like right in front of somebody and it gives us this courage to say it, but it's like, who are we that we would even dare to be that kind of like malevolent person just because we can't see somebody eye to eye and we don't know who they are. And so it kind of brought up this whole train of thought for me that goes into empathy and why we are the way that we are, why that is our natural response to just rip into somebody or like judge the crap out of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the the idea of balance of light and dark within a person, right? Are you familiar with archetypes at all? A little bit. So, so ego archetypes is the idea that every person has characteristic archetypes within them, right? Like we all have a, a servant. We all have a, um, a dominant side. We all have a progressive side. We all have light and dark within us. And that light and dark can serve us in different ways depending on how we use it. So somebody who is incredibly driven in life is a light attribute. But then if you become obsessive with what you're driven by, that's a dark side to it. Mm -hmm. So there's always a light and dark to anything. So I guess the question is, how do you balance the light and dark within each of us to to better serve who we want to be in the life we want to live? Right. 
Yes. I, when I think of that, I, I go down this empathy route and I, it's a soapbox of mine and I'll be talking about it a lot, but people will say, Oh, I'm such an empath or I'm so empathetic. And it's like, <laughs> no, you're sensitive. Yeah. Like, and, and it's not a, it's not an insult, but it's, you're sensitive. You, you can tell how people feel good for you, uh-huh. but empathy is such a different thing. Empathy requires such a disciplined, strong characteristic of curiosity. You have to be curious enough to be able to understand how somebody's or see how somebody's world makes sense to them, uh, to be able to be in the trenches with them, to be next to them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're sacrificing what's right or your opinion. It just says, wow, I can really see why you are the way you are, why you think the way you do. If I lived your life, gosh, I'd probably be thinking it exactly the same way. Um, and it's that's empathy. And there's so much more to it. But it requires this crazy amount of empathy where we have to be able to look at somebody. And I think what we naturally want to do is compare. And we find the ways that we're different or the things we don't like about somebody. Yeah. And what it really requires of us is to say, in what ways am I similar? And I don't mean like superficial things, but characteristics. Like, oh, I'm also insecure about those things. Uh, Yeah, I also let my ego come out in these kinds of situations. Oh, I'm impatient in these ways, Mm -hmm. just like they are. It might look different. Yes, how we express it looks totally different, but some of those characteristics just span across like human nature. And so when we can do that, we can really find um, that empathy that's needed in those situations so that we don't need to be judgy. I like the phrase that you used that I, you know, I've I've thought a lot about it lately, the natural man Mm. as a condition. Right. And that's kind of what we've learned in the scriptures, I guess. But, when you really think about it as a condition or as a weakness, right? Just our, like, it even says that in the scriptures, like our weakness. It doesn't say weaknesses. Mm. And it's interesting to like, f- like fathom it that way instead of weaknesses. It's like our, our big weakness is the natural man, which is that darker side. It's that pull to do what, you know, like selfish stuff. Yeah. And uh-huh. so I, I like the driving example because that's where all my crap comes out. <laughs> it's so relatable. Yeah. And I don't I don't react necessarily toward other drivers outwardly. So I don't have like quote unquote road rage, but I feel it. You know, like I feel it yeah. and I say stuff in my own car and my wife gets to hear all that. But but uh she's really good at that benefit of the doubt, empathy thing. She'll she'll always say, like, what they're probably like a student driver. Yeah, and she says uh-huh. it on purpose as kind of a joke, sure. but to and it like immediately just calmed you down. You're like, okay, you're probably like something like that, right? Where it's like, but then the other assumption is that I'm still a better driver. But yes, th- so you still have to just question that stuff and at least go, okay. It's a silly example to really dive into because driving isn't that deep of an issue. But if you really were just like, you take that example and and apply it to other examples, like okay, they they suck at this part of driving who, who taught them how to drive and on and on. And you can just mm-hmm. go back and go, okay, who knows? Why, why can I judge it? I have no idea what got them to this point right here. And I don't know my bad driving. Yeah. Like who, who's going to tell me, 
right? Well, like, And the driving example is so nice because it's something that if we can't learn how to censor ourselves when the stakes are low like that, I mean, most of the driving situations we come across aren't life or death. It's, oh, I got cut off. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this person turned slowly. Oh, they w- they swerved into my lane. Things that I'm aren't relating a big deal. to you so much right now. <laughs> They're in the carpool Those lane. Those are the things I get. Yes, not and they shouldn't be. Yeah. How dare they? It's a whole yeah. other episode. And <laughs> if we can't, like, if we can't filter and control our thoughts in that arena, in that simple arena, what makes us think we're so good at it when it comes to a much bigger thing, like an addiction or how we treat our family members? Like just, it is so And it gets deep. even deeper and complicated because I know for myself, because I think about it all the time, dri- again, driving is <laughs> where I feel it the most, but if I'm on my way to something, I'm way more uptight. Cause I'm on my way. I got to be there on time. I'm a big fan of being on time. Maybe Not too me. much. We're, yeah. we're different that yeah, way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, and that might cause a lot of those problems where it's like, I'm, I'm, I want to get there on time. You're in my way. Like I don't have control when I don't have control over like how fast something, but when I'm on my way back, if I go down, let's say I go to like a soccer game in Salt Lake city, I'm like flying. I'm like, get out of my way, blah, 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 blah. And I know I'm going to be there on time, but there's just something about the excitement of getting there. My way home, I'm like in the right lane, going exactly the speed limit because I'm like, ah, this is nice. And I'm not getting mad at anyone, like literally nobody. So like what complicates these issues can also just be our mood sometimes and the feeling of powerlessness or lack of control. And so, yeah, it just gets deeper from there. Yeah. I, You touched on something without saying the word of like that being present. Mm. The more we can just, I'm driving like, I'm just, I'm just here to drive. I don't have this other motive behind it. it the more present we can be, the less things are going to bother us. Mm-hmm. I also think the more curious you become with somebody, the more empathy you feel. Like if you're, <clears throat> it's really easy to tell yourself a story that's probably not completely true. Oh. You know, I've had, I was just telling my family yesterday, I, I sang at a state conference about six months ago in a choir. And so I was up on the stand and the choir director about, you know, a half an hour before it began said, okay, take a break, um, but be back on the stand at quarter two, but don't talk to your neighbor because um, the mics are hot and people will hear you. And the gal I was sitting next to said, that won't be hard. I don't even like Phyllis. <laughs> oh, and ouch. Oh, it, I'm, I'm one of those empath sensitive girls. So I sat there fighting back <laughs> tears. And then I remembered that she had told me that in the diagnosing of one of her children as being autistic, that she resonated with that diagnosis. Some of the things they were telling her about her son, she saw in herself. And she has kind of a monotone voice, even when she's happy. I mean, there's not a lot of emotion to it. And immediately when I was like, she probably was joking and it just didn't sound like a joke to my mm-hmm. ears. And the other thing I loved is, you know, I'm a Christian and I love getting spiritual spankings. The spirit said to me, mm-hmm. you know, Phyllis, you've been clunky and clumsy in your words and didn't even know it. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder how many people are on the road and cut you off and didn't even know it. You know, oh, it's not sure. intentional. It's yep. not, you know, sometimes we, we we tell ourselves this story that they're trying to stick it to us or they don't like us. And the truth is, it's, that's not the truth with a capital T, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you're, I, I like where you're going because I think it refers to blind spots, like big time, right? Like think about again, driving, 
how many times have I cut someone off or sped by them or zoomed by them, done something that I hate that when it's done to me? I'm sure it's like every day. Yeah. And that's like the honest work that we got to do because then you shift it to like marital arguments. My wife does this or my husband does this. And it's like, no, you do too. We all do. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard work when you come to therapy is like, you got to dig and then you have to be humble enough to acknowledge blind spots and get that feedback and then like work on it. And that's hard. Well, and that feedback, that pricking you get when the spirit does correct you, it feels awful. And it's necessary. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, I'm still worthy of its companionship and he cares enough to send me that message. And so it, it doesn't feel rebuking anymore. Like it used to, it's more like, Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. When you can get to like, thanks, I needed that feedback. Mm -hmm. Then you're, you're making progress. Such a powerful place to be. Yeah. Yeah, That, that humility that comes with it. I, I think about, you know, the, the alternative that comes with this. So again, driving, this is like a whole theme of driving, but not intentional. Um, my, (laughs) (laughs) my dad was hit by a, uh, um, years ago, I don't remember when, um, but he was hit by an intoxicated driver. So lots of pills and alcohol in his system. And, um, my dad suffered major brain damage. Like just every bit of his brain was damaged. And, um, part of that was that frontal cortex. So he has this miraculous recovery, but he has some things that linger. One of the things that I loved, I loved seeing these characteristics come out. We were sitting, uh, I share this story a lot, but we were sitting in like this rehab center. He doesn't know who we are. He doesn't know what's going on at all, but he's holding his head and he's just, just ruminating and just stressed out. And you hear him mumbling to himself, oh, I got to go do those visits. Oh, I'm just not feeling up to it, but I got to go do those visits. If I don't visit those widows, who will? And it was just so cool to see that part of him come out that he'd refined that so much that that is what was stewing in his Mm. mind. And I thought, oh, how cool. But then you have the flip side. We were after his recovery somewhat, uh, we were at the dollar store and I'm shopping with him and we're we're at the checkout and I'm this far away from you guys, you know, just a few feet away. And he turns to me and under his breath, but just loud, normal volume, he turns and he points with his thumb and he's like, at least you don't look like this slob. (laughs) And here the person is in front of us and I'm dying. And everybody knows that we're talking about this. He is just judging the crap out of her based on how she looks. And I thought, oh, man, that person, just like that noble person in the rehab center, this uglier side is in all of us. We just walk around making these comparisons about how we are better. Or we would do something better. Or just judgments about what people's imperfections say about them as a whole mm-hmm. instead of, you know, why, why are we even making those comments? But it just, it's scary what's in us if we don't, and that's part of what I love about therapy is it gives us that opportunity to really dive through and make those deep level changes that impact so much of our behavior. Yeah. There's a term called chronic individuality, which is the term that the clinically we just say we're the center of the universe. So like everyone is in our way. Everyone mm-hmm. is in front of us. Everyone is in our path. 
right? Everyone is in front of us in the checkout line. Like we're the one in the hurry and no one else understands that. But yet everyone else around us is also in the same hurry, right? So that chronic individuality puts us at the center of the universe. And, and some would say that that's our natural state or that's our natural man state is that it's a selfish way of thinking, hmm. right? And if we can learn to get out of that selfishness way of thinking, that's where we connect to the empathy. If I step out of myself to actually consider other people and what they're going through. But our natural default state is selfishness. Mm -hmm. And so how do we fight that, right? Yeah, I go to therapy. I had someone tell me the other day. <laughs> just cut and dry. We just go to wanna, therapy. That's what we're here for. But that's the answer. No, I, I had someone tell me last week, like, yeah, she's she's been doing really good. She's made a lot of progress. But as as she has learned about herself, it's brutal. You know, she grew up a certain way, um, lots of family curses that she's realizing. Um, and she just, she said, she's like, therapy, I feel like I leave more depressed. And I was like, oh, dang. But in my mind, I do know that cliche, it gets worse sometimes before it gets better. Mm -hmm. And she's like getting honest with herself. And it's really cool to watch as a therapist, but it's, but it is painful. It's not enjoyable necessarily. I don't enjoy that, but the results and her modifications and the way she's treating people and herself, and it's still painful. But when you start noticing your blind spots or getting them pointed out to you, uh, and then having to make those changes, it really can be super painful and and this person was like, it's, it is, it's been really helpful. Like it's changing my life and it really hurts and it sucks. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so sorry, but you're doing really good, but this is brutal. And it's just, that's part of that process is finding out your blind spots and getting some feedback and actually learning to accept it instead of, no, you're not, you haven't been right your whole life. I promise. Well, and don't you think, okay. don't you think when you, when you see those blind spots, like when, when the scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself, people do like, you really do love people to the level you love yourself. You treat people the way you treat yourself, you know? And so if you don't, if you can't see yourself clearer and you can't be empathetic with yourself, it's really hard to show up for other people empathetically, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think seeing those blind spots are critical because then when you see it in somebody else, it's like, Ooh, I, I really empathize with that. That's hard. Mm -hmm. Like I, yeah, I, I, I see that. I think yeah. it's painful to accept, um, those positive feelings about us. It, it's a painful thing to allow yourself to feel love. Mm -hmm. it, it's not easy. And, but because you at know those, deep oh, yeah. down yeah. what's quote unquote wrong with you, I guess. Yeah, what and needs to like, be accepted. Right. right. Okay, so let's say change. we have somebody right who's who's listening to this and they're Can saying, we all I, look over here." <laughs> right. If, if if they're struggling, or we have someone listening to this and they're struggling with kind of that that split self, like there's two parts of them. Mm. One is good and one is bad, and they are just battling this internally. Right. What would be some of the advice that we would give them about how to work through it? Oh, mine's such a sixth grade answer. <laughs> we used to have a an officer come in and teach. It was the old DARE program, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with oh, that. Now it's called NOVA. Mm -hmm. um, and they use this, it's not unique to this program, but they use this analogy of we all have two wolves. 
inside mm-hmm. of us. It's yep. a Native American. I believe it's a Native American. Yeah. Um, can you say? Can you can you go through it? Yeah. Do you remember it? Yes. Yeah. Let's let's share it. So we all have um, we all have two wolves inside of us. One is like a good wolf, and one is a bad wolf. And whichever one we feed is the one that survives, and the one that thrives. And mm. so, um, the more we do to, essentially, if we're feeding the good wolf, we're starving the quote bad one. And if we are feeding the bad wolf, we're starving the good one. So when it comes down to making our decisions, we have to do things that feed the good wolf. I mean, that's the fighting against the natural man. That's mm-hmm. straight up mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. It's because the angel we, on your shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to feed that bad wolf sometimes. It's just easier, right? Yeah. So when we do some, like I always tell people, the right thing to do is usually the harder thing to do. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like anything worth doing is harder. Well, the bad wolf will eat garbage. Yeah. Right? Like we don't have to do much. It's not much effort. It, it'll eat whatever. Mm-hmm. But the good wolf, ooh, that Kinda takes. Kind knows what's good for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes some refining. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Bill, is anything you want to add to that? Gosh, I don't know. I, the thing that came to my mind is like a statement that was made in conference this weekend. And it was where there is a design, there is a designer. Yeah. And the natural man was designed by God. And so for me, I try not to look at my weakness, my powerlessness, like as, as a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. it's given to me by a God who knows how to refine me. Mm-hmm. And I just need to stay humble so that I can take those little inklings of like, you could be, you can do better than that. You know, you, you, I, I'm going to give you all the tools you need and then just keep striving, keep trying to become, keep. And like you said, not feed, you know, cause it's really easy to get stuck on the bad. Like it is, I'm, I'm a, a blue personality that is, that it's really easy for me to magnify all the things I'm not doing right. And mm. there's a plethora of them. But, you know, what I focus on becomes my reality, you know, so I'm trying really hard not to hyper focus on that, but accept it and see that it's part of my becoming. It's that's part of that pitfall we fall into of I, I'm, I need to overcome. I need to overcome. I need to overcome. And if our focus is there on this overcoming aspect, we now need it. It has to be there. It has to be the counterweight so that we know how far we've come. If we're a good person now, if we've grown enough, um, when really like this challenge of a lifetime is to focus on becoming. So if I can, if I can place my focus on who do I want to be, what awesome parts of me do I want to let show up more Mm -hmm. and let shine. Now I can let go of what I need to overcome because I'm focused on becoming. It's a much more hopeful stance than looking at yourself as far as, Oh, there's so many things that I've got to fix about me that I have to change, it it allows you to have more optimism for the future of like, oh, this tiny part of me that I haven't exercised all that much, man, I want her to show up mm. more. I like that because you're still saying the same thing in a different way. Becoming is feeding the good wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That's It's so cool. And I always tell people like focus on the presence of something rather than the absence. Right? Sometimes people come in and they're like, I, I, I'm going to stop watching pornography. It's like, well, that's a, that's a good F, like that's a good direction. What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be putting in place 
not yeah. in place necessarily of even pornography, just in place in your life. Like what, what are some good, positive, healthy yeah, Who is that things? person that doesn't look at pornography? Exactly. Oh yeah. The other question is like, how would you act if you were healed? Mm-hmm. I love that That's question. That's a good question. Great yeah. question. And really what President Nelson talked about, how would you, oh, yeah. how would you act celestial? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. My takeaways from today are uh, almost giving people the benefit of the doubt right? Like I, I think that's a huge piece of what we talked about at the beginning, seeing them at, which in, includes seeing people as children of God. Mm-hmm. If you see them literally as a son or a daughter of God, what are you going to do? You're going to be curious, right? We talked about that curiosity. How did, and it's not even a judge, judgy thing. It's like, well, they don't do things the way I would. And why, you know, like what, what happened? If you can tell someone is objectively like doing unhealthy things, it's such a good, like what happened in their life? Mm-hmm. What what led to this? That wasn't even their fault in a lot of ways. A lot of trauma, a lot of parenting, whatever, or abuse in some ways. They were victims in, in these other ways. And their response is just almost survival or self-protection. And if you can start seeing people that way, it's And you like, can start seeing how those show up in your life, like those oh, similar sure. characteristics. And that was the other part of like mm-hmm. who and that I need to be told too in the ways that I need to be moving forward. I need to be given feedback about my own blind spots because when I'm thinking about other people in those ways, I I don't know always what I'm doing wrong too. And I might have some ideas, but it's, it's, it's like what you said, like how many times have I cut someone off on the road and they didn't honk at me or swear at me and I'm just never going to know that I did it because they had the patience and the wherewithal to like not freak out mm-hmm. and road rage. We're all doing the same. We're doing a lot of the same stuff that we're getting mad at. Mm-hmm. And intentionally becoming the person we want to be, the version of us we want to be, right? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for everybody being here. Remember, if you like the episode as well as the whole podcast, subscribe, like, follow us. Uh, we're also on Instagram. And if you want to work one on one, come check us out. What's What's the number? Do you know the number? Not Not off the top of my head. Not, we don't memorize stuff anymore, do we? <laughs> yeah. I think it's four three five. 315-2520. But I, I don't actually know. So Blake's whipping it out. Yeah, let's look let's, that up. Yeah, before we let people get 435-315-2520. There yeah. it is. So is if you want to work one on one, I think so. Got it. <laughs> yes. I never memorized that. That's not cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tell the next guys. one. See you later. Bye. See ya.